Hi everyone, thank you all for joining us today. My name is Indy Paisley and I'm a project officer in the diversity, equity and inclusion team here at Deakin. I wanted to first start with an acknowledgement to country. We acknowledge that the lands on which Deakin's campuses reside were places of age-old ceremonies of celebration, initiation and renewal and that the local Aboriginal peoples have had and continue to have a unique role in the life of these lands. We pay our deep respect to the ancestors and elders of Wadawurrung Country, East of Ma Country and Wurundjeri Country, where our physical campuses are located. Today we're joined by Sam Johnson, who is the Manager of Student Experience and Engagement for our residential services, more commonly known as RES or DRS, here at Deakin. Sam has a background in engagement and student experience roles across Deakin and the wider higher education sector and is passionate about supporting students to reach their full potential and collaborating across the university to achieve positive outcomes. In this episode, we will be exploring how DRS fosters a sense of belonging and inclusivity and promotes diversity and equity in student housing from a staff perspective. Thank you so much for joining us today, Sam. And with that being said, we'll delve right into it with our first question, if that's okay. Yeah, great. Thanks very much for having me. Beautiful. So I was wondering if you could tell us what a day in the life looks like for you. Well, good question. And as many will say, there are no two days that are the same, which is something that I love about the role. So um, the role itself looks at reporting on incidents and engagement across our four residential precincts, as well as um, really looking for opportunities to bring in new programming or new initiatives that would fill the gaps, I guess, in the experience for our students and where there are new opportunities and requirements arising on the horizon to look at their opportunities to collaborate across the university or with people within our team to bring in new programming. So some days look like being out on a a photo shoot or a video shoot for some new initiatives or education campaigns for our students. Um, It might be running an event for our students, Mm -hmm. Uh, might be a tree planting ceremony for an alumni initiative, or it might be sitting at a computer working on a spreadsheet all day for some reporting, which is all, all part of the role as well. It sounds very diverse. Yeah, for sure. Um, and again, it's something I really love. And I think um, it's sort of led by, you know, what what the requirements are and what's popping up and what the opportunities are on the horizon as well and where we can really um, utilise those to make great outcomes for our students. Awesome. So with those um, existing programs that you have, are you able to delve into a bit more about how they incorporate belonging into practice? Yeah, definitely. So um, as far as the, you know, the sense of belonging, it's a, it's something we really work strongly on here at Deacon Res. You know, one of our slogans that we use to try and describe what we offer to incoming students is belong better. Mm -hmm. Here at Deacon Res, really proud of, I guess, the way that our staff and students work together to welcome new students into campus and to, you know, get involved in all the programming available and to feel at home and to grow into themselves through their time there. One of the initiatives which came in a number of years ago was our RESPECT values, which Mm -hmm. um, spell out the acronym RESPECT, but they are responsive and encouraging encouraging, safe, proactive, enjoyable, connected, and tolerant. And we're really proud about the way that that's been embedded into um, everything we do here at RES from the time that students are inducted online before they move on, they learn about the respect values, kind of agree to live by them. Um, And then while they're living on residences, 
if there are any behavioral issues, you know, that's where those respect values are, uh, of course, brought up to say, well, you know, people didn't live up to any one of those or a number of those. Mm -hmm. And then what can we do to come back to a place where we are living by those? And I think it also enables us to find a way for people from really different backgrounds to come together with a shared set of values that are quite reasonable and, and you know, not, not too complex, where people with different life experiences can come together and say, hey, we all agree to these rules and let's live by these and, and see that it's a positive thing. Mm -hmm. So is that sort of like an agreement that every student has to make, like an official agreement that they make when they come to DRS? Yeah, it is. um, Indy, so it's set out within our uh, residential student handbook, which is something that all students do need to read and agree to as part of their, you know, residence agreement. So Mm -hmm. yes, they all, they all agree to live you know, by those values when they're here on res. And again, you know, it's not, we definitely see them as very reasonable values Mm -hmm. and expectations. And it's something that both students and staff live by as well as the broader deacon values um, in our time together on res. That's great. So with that, so I'm assuming that sounds like it's one initiative that you have that enhances demonstrating diversity, equity, and inclusion. Are there any other particular initiatives? I know you touched on like the tree planting ceremony that you have as well. Was there any other particular initiatives that focus on those values? Yeah, certainly. So we work closely with the diversity, equity, and inclusion team to be across, Mm -hmm. you know, upcoming days of significance and celebrations of significance. And then Mm -hmm. we often do our own programming here on res alongside those, like for example, with we're at Purple Day or Idaho or cultural celebrations as well from around the world. So that's kind of informed by our residential cohort then where students will celebrate days of significance from themselves and share that, you know, that celebration with the rest of the community as well. Mm-hmm. Alongside that, we work closely to, I guess, celebrate other forms of diversity within the cohort, um, you know, where, for example, our, if we have student leaders who are um, neurodiverse, we've in the past really highlighted you know, their successes and their stories for the rest of our residential cohort as well. And I think these are all really great ways to make sure that that diversity is visible and celebrated mm-hmm. um, and for other students to you know see themselves as well being represented and, and valued. That sounds great. So those student leaders that you have um, on res, are they part of or are they one of the strategies that are used to encourage students to contribute to the community? So do they advocate for those values of diversity, equity and inclusion to encourage other students? Yeah, they do. So our residential leaders are a fantastic resource that we have here at RES. They're um, mm-hmm. volunteer student leaders who undergo a really broad range of training. We train them in, you know, towards the end of each year for the next year to be the leaders. Mm-hmm. And, and they really do, I guess, lead initiatives for us with regard to diversity and inclusion, and they'll mm-hmm. often highlight to us new needs that we may not be able to have seen yet, I would say, ah. um, within the student cohort or, or for themselves, you know, um, issues that uh, they feel strongly about, um, you know, terminology that that they'd like to see being used. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, you know, we this is alongside us working closely with diversity, equity, inclusion and other um, mm-hmm. groups within the university. But, um, but we do see the student leaders, you know, bringing on their own initiatives that, that we support um, and are able to then, you know, bring um, resources to, to support that as needed. And I'm just touching back on the um, how we foster a sense of belonging, um, mm-hmm. the residential leaders are a huge part of that as well. So, you know, because they've come through as first year residents, they know what it feels like to come on 
to the campus as a new student. So they are there from day one to really help everyone you know, get to know each other, uh, to make sure that they're aware of, you know, students who might need a little bit of extra support to feel mm -hmm. that sense of belonging, to come out of their shells a little bit. And they're just a wonderful resource that we have and work closely with to make sure that every student does feel that sense of belonging as well. Yeah, awesome. That um, is a great segue actually into the next question that I had for you. And that was, how do you and your team ensure that you're responsive to the individual needs of students living on campus? So it sounds like the student leaders really do advocate for students' unique needs, but were there any other ways that you demonstrate that? Yeah, we do. Um, so we have, uh, we're really lucky to have 24-7 staffing across across the campuses and so yeah so we've got reception on all the time there are also security um, team members who are around um, overnight as well to assist and so I think that just is a great gives a great sense of comfort to the students to know there's always someone they can talk to on site yeah. and you know always awake and, and working so I think you know that responsiveness there is is a big thing we also have our campus life team who work alongside our residential student leaders they're staff members who really focus on both programming side of things be it through orientation week through the programming's events and initiatives that we put on day to day week to week throughout the mm -hmm. year but also to address any you know behavior behavioural concerns or interpersonal challenges that might arise. So they get to know the students really well also. Mm -hmm. So I think across there, you've got your reception team, your residential student leaders and these campus life teams who all get to know the students, develop that trust. So then when issues do arise, that trust there and the students will be proactive in sort of discussing with whichever one of that team they're comfortable with. Yeah. And just a note as well, I guess, you know, with our four different precincts, um, Warrnambool is a unique one where I think because of the smaller uh, cohort size, they're able to get to know their students at an even deeper level um, with, you know, around Imagine. 100 people in that community yeah. or a little over. And so I think we see really positive things happening there where the the, the team can be really responsive to the ind individual needs of those students as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It would be a very different um, dynamic, wouldn't it, down in Warrnambool because of the student cohort being a bit smaller? Yeah, I think so. And I think that's a great thing about, about Deakin having the four campus, physical mm. campuses. And for us, for the residences, they are they all have their unique character and their mm -hmm. unique sort of opportunities for the students. And I think the students can then opt into, obviously, the community that suits them most uh, alongside yeah. the studies they want to do. Yeah, yeah, that sounds great. So you mentioned that you've got the security team and you've also got the reception that are working around the clock 24-7. Uh, were there any other measures that you have in place to ensure the safety and security of students in campus housing? Yeah, certainly. Well, I think that all works hand in hand with those respect yeah. values I was talking about before, which, you know, really reinforce the need for accountability within our own student cohort to say, you know, you're you're in charge of creating the culture that you're going to be living within and yeah. the residential leaders do a great job in sort of helping to lead that culture and to call out when things aren't aren't up to standard mm -hmm. and so th those things are dealt with you know pretty quickly as well and in a in a proactive way I'd say also there's just a physical side of things with you know uh, locking rooms for every student um, mm -hmm. there's there's good access control on all of the buildings and mm -hmm. so you know from a practical sense um, that security is a real uh, a real priority and something that's really focused on as well. So I think we see in our annual student surveys that um, the students are feeling a high level of satisfaction with the level of safety and security they're experiencing on campus. And that's also reassuring. in the induction comments, we see that that's something that students feel very strongly about, you know, particularly, mm -hmm. I think with our international students coming in into Australia, that 
something that they really want to see and are glad to see when they arrive. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was very, I was curious about that as well, about um, how you promote cultural sensitivity and awareness among students, because I'm very conscious that you would have that international student cohort as well coming in. Mm. Yeah, um, that's very true. And I think, I mean, again, I hate to um, sound like a broken record, but I think that (laughs) comes back to the respect values as well, where I think, you know, we talk about tolerant being one of those and that um, we see in a really proactive way in that uh, it's great that our community represents you know such a diversity of backgrounds we need to make sure that everyone is you know being open to and tolerant to the differences be it religious differences or differences in uh, upbringing um, differences in cultural expectations so alongside that I guess expectation of tolerance there are uh, is training offered through diversity equity inclusion I was which about we really to ask appreciated. that <laughs> For um, cultural intelligence. So that uh, that was uh, that training was delivered to all of our student leaders and to staff as well. And that really sets a tone too. So when the student leaders and the staff have gone through that training, that sets a tone for the rest of the campus as well, the rest mm-hmm. of the cohorts, sorry, that that cultural sensitivity will be there. And I think, mm-hmm. again, is reinforced by celebrating different cultural days, um, yeah. by, you know, celebrating the different cultures. While also, you know, for example, we offer um, single gender units if people choose to opt into that. And mm-hmm. we find people do that for different reasons. But, you know, one of those reasons might be for cultural or religious reasons. Right. And so there yeah. are those opportunities there as yeah. well to sort of for students to self-select into uh, accommodation that will make them more comfortable and so yeah. suits their their cultural differences too. Oh, definitely. And that would definitely help foster that sense of belonging for them because it's showing that their cultural norms are respected and embraced in DRS. Mm. I was wondering, so obviously we've got quite different student cohorts at each of our campuses. Are you able to, from your experience and knowledge, tell us a bit more about how they differ between our Geelong, Warrnambool and Melbourne-based campuses for the students? Yeah, certainly. So if we look at our Burwood campus, for example, which has the highest population of students living on campus out of all our campuses, Mm -hmm. that has a lot more international students there than we do at the mm-hmm. other campuses. So, you know, the cohort there is 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 a different mix of domestic and international students. And our programming sort of reflects that as well as far as, you know, what opportunities the students want to see, um, mm-hmm. you know, be it probably more visits to, to the centre of Melbourne to um, ah. experience things like the MCG and all that kind yeah. of stuff alongside, you know, the programming that we do at all campuses. Mm-hmm. So it also changes because of the, the different buildings. So in Burwood, mm-hmm. the site's not quite as big. So we have more sort of uh, high-rise style accommodation, apartments, um, single studios, and then we have a smaller area, which is called the student village, where things are a bit more spread out. So I think, you know, that cohort uh, has different expectations of what they're looking for. And so our programming accommodates that. Mm-hmm. I would just note too, that we do have our sort of five student experience pillars, which that exists across all four campuses. And we make sure that the programming the students receive throughout the year touches on all those different pillars, which are our social and community community engagement, leadership, mm-hmm. academic, health and well-being, and arts and culture. And we're mm-hmm. able to sort of prioritise one or more of those pillars each year, depending on the need for that community at the time. So for example, this year, we've prioritised health and well-being um, a little bit more than we have in previous years, because we saw that need there. Yep. How did you see that need? Was that um, expressed to you from student leaders or... It was, I think, partly because of our involvement with uni-wide working groups discussing mm-hmm. what's coming up for students, but also yeah. what we see in sort of our, our incidents and the communications we're receiving from students, as you say, where, yeah. you know, we were seeing more people with requiring support in that health and well-being 
area. And so Mm -hmm. we were able to be proactive about, you know, programming for this year to say, hey, let's do more of that alongside Mm -hmm. responding when the issues come up to bring in some some extra preventative uh, measures as well. Yeah. So that health and wellbeing focus, was that purely just for Burwood or was that for all campuses? Sorry, that was all campuses. I know right, I jumped. Okay. It was just something I wanted to mention <laughs> <That's> there. <okay. laughs> um, so that was for all campuses. So I was saying, you know, alongside the tweaks that we make um, mm-hmm. campus by campus, there mm-hmm. are sort of expectations across the board that all of those pillars will be touched on um, mm-hmm. at different levels that we set at the start of the year. And that informs the programming and makes sure that while students are just having a great time, they're also mm-hmm. getting those benefits in those different areas. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's But yeah, happy great. to talk a bit more about the other campuses if you like yeah, as well. Yeah, I'd love to know a bit about um, Warnable and the program at Warnable and how that differs to, to Burwood because I can imagine yeah. there will be very different cohorts. Yeah, definitely. And probably the, the biggest differences you'd see. So I guess as long uh, as far as Warnable goes, you know, as we mentioned, that it's a much smaller cohort. So we're mm-hmm. talking a difference of over a thousand students to a little wow. over a hundred students. And the great thing there, the opportunities there is that students get to know each other really well. They have a lot of time with their student leaders, I think a bit more face-to-face time. And that even starts before they move in. They all get a phone call from their residential leaders to sort of make sure they're all ready to rock for check-in day um, yeah. and orientation week. And and then the sort of the programming that goes on there, the experiences they have together, it is all that sort of intimate, you know, Everyone jumping on a bus and going into town and um, exploring Warrnambool, getting to know the yeah. area. You know, they put on a musical each year, which is just a wonderful that way. That sounds so fun. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. What did they do this year? It was Alice in Wonderland. They did a great oh, job of that. Um, that sounds yeah. awesome. And I think there's there's a lot of community links as well. And I think so the students in Warrnambool have mm-hmm. a lot to do with the Warrnambool community, which is great to see. Yeah. So, for example, with that Alice in Wonderland musical, there are um, some schools locally who contribute resources for set design and costumes. Ah. Um, there's, you know, local people come in and do lighting and sound and that sort of thing mm-hmm. too. So I think that that experience they get, they're very much embedded in the Warrnambool community. And uh, I think there's a real sense of belonging that sits alongside that too. That's so cool. With the so with the like routine, I'm not sure if you know, with the routine that they come up with for the musical, is that created by the students themselves or do they have someone from the community come in for that? So it's it's a student and staff kind of collaboration for right. that. So yeah. with our, the artistic directors for the musical were student leaders. Mm-hmm. And so they did the lion's share of, um, you know, sort of choreography, um, rehearsing, all that sort of thing, alongside the staff members at the small Warnable team there. So they, they it was a huge effort to put that yeah. on. And everyone really did had to have to pitch in. And mm-hmm. what was wonderful was we were able to bring groups down from Burwood and Geelong, other oh, residents. Wow students to come and see that and stay the night at Warrnambool and we've heard from many of them that that was a real highlight of the year for them too so I think again really nice to bring students together from the different campuses and um, for that that sounds so cool what an experience to have at uni that's awesome with the musicals that they the theme for it do the students select those each year the theme Oh, I actually don't know the answer to that. Oh, I'm sorry okay. to say. I think they I think <laughs> they'd have some contribution to it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 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 Mm. Oh, that's amazing. And I think so- alongside that it, at Warrnambool too, sorry mm-hmm. just to say that there's a lot of kind of other community uh, links and, you know, mm-hmm. collaborations that go on. So, for example, the Sherwood Park Child Care that's based at the campus participating group activities with our residents, um, oh, which is just awesome. beautiful to see. They bake cupcakes together and stuff. And, oh, that's um, so sweet. 
Merry River School collaborate on joint projects as a Red Cross providing support and event catering, but also the Southwest Sports Academy partner with DRS as well as the Brophy Family Services so that they're all contributing to the student experience program. Yeah. And just, I think, again, it's just a great example of how it's it's a different feel there and there's it real benefits like to it. that as well. Sounds like it's a very strong community connection mm. at the Warnable campus, which is mm. awesome. With the Geelong-based campuses, do they differ again compared to Burwood and Warnable? Yeah, they do. So the Warm Ponds campus, which is where my office is actually based, it's mm-hmm. if you haven't been to the campus before for anyone listening, it's quite spread out. We have a fair bit of space here in the residences and alongside Warnable, these residences were built in or started in 1973. So that we have some of the older wow. buildings as well as, you know, some of the most recent builds. There's there's more sort of single level shared accommodation units alongside um, a number of studios and some new townhouse development, which is sort of two-story, 10-bedroom townhouses, but just, mm-hmm. you know, set among some pretty beautiful parkland. And I think the the community here at Warm Ponds, a lot of people love their sports as well. So we've got access to mm-hmm. the sporting facilities here. And we have a lot of students coming in from uh, the sort of regions of Victoria, as well as right. students coming from Tasmania. And then some international students. We see at Waterfront a slightly higher percentage of international students. And that is all of the sort of high rise, I think it's 12 stories there, mm-hmm. um, shared units in that one building. But mm-hmm. again, then they've got access as soon as they walk out the door to the beautiful waterfront and to, yeah. you know, to be able to do, I guess, more programming in the city. So yeah. where where each of these are located, each of these precincts, it informs the programming to an extent too and you know yeah. what they can do. Yeah. That's so cool and so interesting because I was I was yeah, I was very curious about how the programs would differ. And obviously, as you mentioned before, the the focus for students is constantly ever changing. So you had that focus on health and well-being this year that you mentioned. But how do you ensure, so you had that focus this year, but then moving into next year, how do you ensure that you're adjusting to the student community? Yeah, that's a great question. And so I think if we look back at what we were doing last year as well, and then I'll touch on what we're looking for for next year, mm-hmm. um, I think alongside all of the work we do every day, we can we can really identify a great project each year to try and uplift what we're doing in that area and then make that business as usual and then keep, you know, keep working to make sure we're bringing in best practice or new mm-hmm. initiatives, but that that's just an expectation then that, for example, um, we brought in a wellbeing, you know, um, program this year where each month we were looking at a different aspect of wellbeing from a proactive mm-hmm. point of view, sharing resources, et cetera, which we can then roll out again next year um, yeah. and improve on. That becomes part of what we do. So mm-hmm. last year when I was looking at what we were doing, I, I could see that we were doing some great work in acknowledging and engaging with First Nations um, traditional custodians of the area's where we live and work, but that there was some work that could be done to formalize that and to make sure it was sort of embedded, you know, more effectively across all Mm -hmm. of our programming. And so we we had a real focus on that last year. And then again, Mm -hmm. the the work that we did last year was able to move into what we do this year and what we'll do moving forwards as far as, you know, acknowledging important weeks like NADOC week and making sure that we're we're facilitating those strong connections. And so for next year, something we've been looking at quite a lot and, you know, discussing with diversity, equity, and inclusion is what more we can do to support students with disabilities and mm-hmm. neurodiverse students on our campuses to feel that sense of, of safety, inclusion, and well-being as well. And mm-hmm. so, you know, some of the initiatives we're working on together are 
uh, you know, looking at bringing in a really important event during um, Respect at Deacon Week, you know, to bring in a really great speaker in Chloe Hayden and, you mm-hmm. know, just the, the start of, I think, if you, a year of uh, highlighting, you know, different experiences and, you yeah. know, the importance of, you know, visibility for, for example, neurodiversity yes. um, will be will be an important focus for next year. Yeah, that sounds great. With So with focusing on neurodiversity for next year, have you consulted with students about that focus? Yeah. So we did include some new questions in our annual survey this year to really try and get a feel for the experience, lived experience of students with disability living on residences. So now we have some really valuable data and and written responses to mm-hmm. get a feel for how students with disabilities are experiencing life on campus <clears> specifically. <throat> and then what we'll be looking toward for next year is to have some, you know, specific student feedback, some working group conversations about, you know, what more we could be doing, what the what the students are sort of experiencing currently and what they'd really like to see. And so I think it'll be um, a work in progress as we go through next year to develop those learnings and then what we can put into place. Amazing. Well, that actually wraps up all of the questions that I had for you today, but I've got a bazillion other questions at the top of my mind, but I thought I'd, I'd stick to stick to the questions that we had. But thank you so much for your time today, Sam, and for sharing um, a bit of insight into how DRS cultivates that sense of belonging and diversity for the student community. Um, I'm sure I can speak on behalf of the listeners as well when I say I found it incredibly insightful. And thank you, of course, as well to the listeners for tuning in today. If you found any of the content in this episode distressing in any way, please do seek support through Safer Community Services on 9244 3734 or 1800 Respect on 1800 737 732. And if you are a staff member, you can contact the Employee Wellbeing Service on 1300 687 327. Should you have any questions or feedback about this episode, please email us on respect at deacon.edu.au. Thanks for listening, everyone.